0: Jesus. I want to share with you what I would call like part two of what I shared with the women last night. Such a powerful message. And I still felt like I was pregnant with this message. I still felt like I had to bring this message forth in a greater dimension, in a deeper way to the congregation. And I said that when God gave it to me, that I needed to bring it to the women and then I needed to bring it to the congregation. But this is like part two, like Deeper version, all right. So, all the women, you can get the C D of part one, and then this is a little bit more in depth for the congregation. Amen. So we're just going to go to Genesis two twenty-five. It says this the man and his wife were both naked and they felt no shame. See, God made these two perfect creations, two perfect beings, out of himself. He made them in the image of himself. And he made the woman out of the man. And then the man and the woman are in the garden together. And the scriptures say they were both naked and they felt no shame. Now, we have to understand that, you know, when we translate words into English, somehow they lose their meaning because the original um, writings of the Bible had several meanings to one word. And so when we see the word naked there, we immediately think naked. But the word naked there actually means this. It means transparent. They were both transparent with each other and they felt no shame. Now, that transparency doesn't just, you know, mean in one sense transparent. This transparency means that they were spiritually, physically and emotionally totally transparent with one another. They were so transparent with one another... That they were actually see-through. You know, because they were made in the image of God. Amen. And, and there is, the Bible says there is no shadow in God. There's no shadow of turning. There is no darkness in God. There's no secrets. There's no lies. There's no deception. That he is completely light and completely see-through completely transparent, completely pure. Amen. And they were like that. They were pure. God made us originally to be transparent and to be see-through, that we would see each other physically, emotionally, spiritually. We would see each other. Amen. And it was interesting. I was watching the movie Avatar. Who's seen that? Who's seen Avatar? Yeah. Um, And in this movie, sort of, they've got this different language. These people from a different place have got this different language. And when they interpret the language, it comes out different, just like Hebrew comes out different when we interpret it into English. And so one of the things that they would say when they met with one another is they would look at each other right in the eyes and they would say this, I see you. And then the person would say back, I see you. And when the young man who was visiting Avatar, trying to work out their language, trying to work out their customs, asked the expert who was studying these people, what does it mean when they say, I see you? What kind of greeting is that? And the guy said, they're not just saying, I see you. They're saying, I see into you. I see into you. And I heard that and just everything just sparked inside of me. And I just thought, my goodness, God, was, was there a time when we saw into each other as human beings and we could see right into the depths of our beings? And I do believe that there was a time originally when we were created that we were actually created to see into each other as human beings. And we were created to be seen. We were created to be seen by each other emotionally, physically and spiritually transparent before one another. And we were created to be seen by God emotionally, physically and spiritually transparent before God. Because we walked with God in the garden, you see, and we were just open and pure and beautiful. And then the terrible day came when the enemy tempted us. And I want you to look at this. Genesis 3.1. Now the serpent was more crafty than any of the wild animals the Lord God had made. And he said to the woman, did God really say you must not eat from any tree in the garden? And the woman said to the serpent, we may eat from the trees in the garden, but God did say you must not eat from the tree that is in the middle of the garden and you must not touch it or you will die. And just look at this. You will not surely die, the serpent said to the woman, for God knows that when you eat of it, your eyes will be opened and you will be like God, knowing good and evil and when the woman saw that the fruit of the tree was good for food and pleasing to the eye and also desirable for gaining wisdom she took some and ate it she also gave some to her husband who was with her and he ate it and then their eye the eyes of both of them were opened fleshly eyes were opened And the eyes that saw into each other were shut. Something died that day. The ability to see spirit to spirit was severed and died. And their eyes were opened and they realized that they were naked. They realized they were transparent. Whoa. And the first thing they did was sewed fig leaves together and made coverings for themselves. The first thing they did was to make themselves less transparent because they were ashamed. They'd seen it entered man's heart and the first thing he knew how to do, what to do, was to hide. They hid from each other. And the physical... Transparency was lost. Amen. They hid from each other and they lost their spiritual transparency because their eyes changed. Their eyes had changed. They were no longer looking at each other in the same way. Now their eyes had changed. And they could see their physical bodies in a different way. Their eyes had become full of lust. And the innocence was gone, and the purity was gone. And emotionally, they started to shut down and pull away and draw away. They hid from each other, and then the next step, they hid from God. And so in Genesis 3.8, Then the man and his wife heard the sound of the Lord God as he was walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And they hid from the Lord God among the trees of the garden. When the Lord called to the man, where are you? And I thought that was profound. It was almost like God saying, I can't see you. I can't see you like I used to see you. You're not transparent to me anymore. You're hiding from me. Something's happened in our relationship. And it broke God's heart. Where are you? And the man answered, I heard you in the garden. I was afraid because I was naked. I was afraid of you, God, because I was transparent before you. And you would see my sin and therefore I hid from you. And he said, I told you. Who he said, who told you that you were naked? Who told you? Who opened your eyes to see a different way than what I created your eyes to see? I wanted your eyes to be innocent. I wanted your eyes to be pure. I wanted your eyes to see into not on. Who told you you were naked? Have you eaten from the tree that I commanded you not to eat from? Something changed. Something changed in the relationship with human beings to one another and their relationship to God. Amen? Something changed. But, you know, deep down inside us, the need that we have to still be seen doesn't go away. And so we walk through life, first of all, with a longing to be seen by someone else. I mean, we, we grow up, we make ourselves presentable for dating. You know, we, we, we're we we're, we're, we're little children that want to be seen by daddy. We're, we're young teenagers. We're plastering makeup on so that we'd be seen by somebody and someone in the hope that someone might see us and see into us and find us and make us feel as special as we should feel when someone sees into us, not just sees us. Do you understand what I'm saying? Because we still live in a sinful world, we just see each other, but we don't see into each other. And so the frustration is there. And so what do we do? We put unreasonable demands on our relationships, on our friendships, on our, um, uh, even our work relationships, our pastors, our churches, our, our social groups, our neighbors. We put these unreasonable demands because we're just saying to them, can't you see me? What we're really saying to them is, can't you see into me? Is there anybody out there who can see into me? Because I just feel like I'm walking through life and no one really understands me. No one really knows me. And so we're frustrated. And then we say to our husband, we say to our wife, you don't really, you know, you, when, when we first got married, you saw me, I'm sure you saw me because you chose me, you picked me, you must have seen something in me that you liked and, and something that was special. And now now why don't you know all the special things about me? Why don't you want to know all these innermost workings of my heart and my life? And why aren't you interested in these things anymore? Why do you just want to do life with me? Get and look into me. And we're crying out, look into me, look into me. And we place the demands. Children place it on their parents. Children are saying to their parents, You don't understand me. Teenagers say, You haven't got a clue. You just don't know what makes me function. You don't see me. You don't see me. My friends see me. They see me. You know? And so then we get on Facebook and we we go on Facebook and we put our pictures up and we put our story up and we put all our favorite things up and the things we love to do in the hope that somebody will see. That I'm somebody special, like these are the things that make me up. Somebody see into me, please. We're crying out. Why do you think Facebook is so popular? It's not just a social networking. It's a display of a people that are crying out. Somebody see me. Somebody say I'm special. Someone know me, please. And then we we, we break relationships with people we lose friendships because at first when they were our friend everything was cool I'm sure they knew me they understood me but they let me down they let me down because when it came to the crunch they really didn't know me they didn't understand me how many times have you been like accused of stuff by people and they said really nasty things about you and you just stood there and you can't believe it and you think can't believe they're saying those things about me don't they know me I thought they knew me I thought they knew inside I'm not like that at all in here but they're they're, they're seeing me but they're not seeing into me (laughs) you get it and we're bashing our head up against a brick wall I mean you know I've been married to my husband 25 years now and we try real hard to see into each other and we talk a lot. We, we have the grace of God that helps us to work each other out. But really, at the end of the day, we don't have a clue. We don't have a clue. And, and sometimes when I'm in a fleshly frame of mind, I will start to put demands on him in my head. You know, the devil comes and it just goes, you know, he doesn't see you anymore. He doesn't really look into you anymore. he doesn't meet your needs anymore and I said you don't love me anymore you don't see me and I started no one else does that do they no whip their husbands I have needs I'm artistic you've got to understand my heart or I'll die and uh, he just looks at me like well I'm trying and like he is But it's an unreasonable demand to think that he can see into me the way I need to be seen into while he's still walking around in this world that's fallen, even though he's a very spiritual man. Amen? See, the bottom line is this, that another imperfect human being can never see us as perfect. And see, when Adam and Eve saw each other and they saw into each other in the garden, they saw each other perfect because sin had not come into the world. And that is the deepest desire of our heart is for someone to see us perfect. And then we ask an imperfect human being, please see me perfect. We come into a church and we're just waiting for the pastor to come past. And look at me, because when he looks at me, he's going to see that I'm perfect. And he's going to look into my eyes. He's going to know it's just going to be wonderful And someone. I'm going to walk past that handsome man down the street. You know, I've been hanging out for someone to see me. And then he's going to look at me, and then he's going to want to marry me, because he will see me as perfect, because that's what we need. I'll go to school and all the kids are going to just want to be part of my gang because they're going to see me perfect. And then we get disappointed because they see us imperfect because they're imperfect and they can't see perfect because their eyes got damaged in the fall. You see? Can you see what I'm saying to you? And see, the enemy uses this to break our relationships because he knows that if he presses these buttons, it is a d- deep desire that's deep inside of us that's been there since the beginning that we need to be seen. We need to be seen into, not just seen. Amen? And so he'll just break all kinds of relationships. And, you know, we leave this church, we go to another church, they don't see me anymore don't understand me anymore I thought you knew me but you don't see and so I'm gone now 1 Corinthians 13 12 says this and it explains to us how we see even as born again Christians you say well I'm a born again Christian so doesn't that mean that my eyesight was restored to the original place of the garden where again I can see into purely well, this explains it. 1 Corinthians 13, 12 says this. Now we see but a poor reflection as in a mirror. And then it's talking about when Jesus touches us on that day when we're glorified. This is the next part of the scripture. It's talking about that. When Jesus comes back and he, we go to be with him and he touches us and he makes us perfect. <laughs> and it says... Then we will see face to face. Now we see in a mirror. It's like I'm looking at Phil, but I can only see him like a mirrored reflection of what he really is because I'm not quite made perfect yet until I get to be with Jesus when I'm going to be totally like him and transformed back to the original state of the garden when I again will see into another human being and I will see into God. Amen? And it says, now I know in part, kind of only, like we we see into each other a whole lot better than people that aren't born again. Don't get me wrong. You know, we we are more understanding. Let's hope that we are more discerning, that that we're more tolerant of each other's imperfections. But we only know in part how to see each other And then it says, now I know in part, then I shall fully know fully. And it says, even as I am fully known. There will be a day when that deep desire inside of you will come to a place where another human being will fully know you. But until that time, we cannot put that expectation on another human being. But that doesn't mean you have to live with this frustration inside of you until Jesus comes and gets you or you go to be with him because there's a way that you can relinquish this frustration and it's this way. No one else can see you in this earth but the Father, the Son and the Holy Spirit still see they were not affected by the four. You know the scriptures say Psalm 139, I saw you when you were being formed in your mother's womb in the secret place. I know you. I know everything about you. I know when you get up. I know when you get sit down. I know what you're going to say before you say it. I know the hairs on your head. I know. I know you. I know you. I see you. I see you. I see you. And so God in all our frustration is saying, you know that old song, turn your eyes on Jesus, look full into his wonderful face and the things of this earth will grow strangely dim in the light of his glory and his grace. Amen. Amen. The day that I saw Jesus, the day that I was saved, I had searched for someone to see into me my whole life. Searched everywhere, every place. And this glorious day, Jesus himself appeared to me in a vision. And his eyes looked into my eyes. And I had no knowledge of Christianity at the time or anything. But I looked into those eyes and I knew he could see me. I knew that I had been seen. I knew that I had been found. I knew that the desire inside of me was fulfilled. Because I knew who I was when I looked at him. And see, the enemy would want to distract us in these days and get us to look at our relationships, get us to look at each other, to meet our deepest need and take our eyes off the only one who can meet our need, and that is our Father in heaven. When he looks at you, he sees you and you never have to perform again. And every time you fall into that place where you're just fleshy and putting demands on people again and getting all selfish in your head, what about me? It is fair and all that. Then get your eyes back on him. Put some worship music on. Get in his presence. Go for a walk in the bush. Walk at the beach. Go for a surf. Do something to find him again and look into the eyes of the one that can see you. Only a perfect God can see you perfectly. And he sees you perfect through the blood of Jesus Christ. You can boldly come into his presence. And let him see you again. Through the blood of Jesus Christ, you can come out of hiding and stand in his presence without covering. Through the blood of Jesus Christ, you can again be emotionally, physically and spiritually transparent before your living God. And as you come into his presence in that place, he teaches you little bit by little bit by little bit how to be emotionally transparent physically, spiritually, transparent before other people, especially those in your closest relationships. Amen. God says, I see the original, unique, one-of-a-kind creation that you are. I see the special expressions of what makes you up. I see your likes. I see your dislikes. I see your personality. I see your pain. I see your frustration. I see your joy. God says, I see you. I see into you. I see you. I see into you. And then God says, Please see me. Please see me. Look to me. And let's have a two-way relationship. And so like that movie Avatar, we can stand before God and then we can say, I see you. And God says back to us, "I see you." And then we stand before our brothers and sisters, our husbands and wives, our workmates, our school friends. And it really doesn't matter what they see or what they don't see, because we've been seen already. Amen. Let's stand up. Amen. Father, I thank you right now that you see us. That you see us perfectly, without stain, wrinkle, or blemish. You see us without the fig leaves. You see us without hiding behind bushes. You see us transparent right now before you. And Lord, I ask right now that you bring a place of transparency right now into this room. In Jesus' name. Right now, in Jesus' name, just bring your people into a place. I want you to lift your hands, lift your face. And just say a quiet prayer between you and God. Say, God, I'm sorry from hiding from you. I'm sorry, God, that I haven't been transparent with you. Forgive me, Lord. Draw me in. I want you to see me. And I want to be seen by you. and I don't want to see you. Amen. And Lord, we ask forgiveness for the pressures that we put on relationships, on people around us, where we put a demand that they see us or they don't measure up. Why don't you just right now, just just ask God for forgiveness in those places, and just release the people. Just release the people that have hurt you, that have not lived up to your expectation, that have not seen you. Just release them right now. Just want you to get people in your hand. Just, just feel like you just yeah. I understand. I let it go. I let it go, Lord. I let it go. I'll let it go now. I'll let it go, God. Let it go, we let it go. We let it go. And ask Lord that you would just take a huge needle and thread and that you would sew us together and knit us together again in our relationships, in our friendships, Lord, in our marriages, in our parenting, relationships with our children. Lord, you said that the spirit of Elijah would come, will turn the hearts of the children to the fathers and the hearts of the fathers to the children. And Lord, you said that they would know you by your love for one another. They would know that you are his disciples. And God, so we know, God, the enemy's plans is to put a whole whole picture of the church, of unloving people, of broken relationships, of, of lust and fornication and and um, and pastors falling and all these things happening and marriages splitting. But God, now we understand. Let us make it different, Amen. Let us make it different in Jesus' name. Lord, I pray that this week each person in this room would have special time where they could just stop. And they could be seen by you. In your precious name.